Welcome to Treks and Sci-Fi. This is Jen Rhodes and my friend Rick Moyer, and we are bringing you episode 440 today, June 9th, and we'll be talking about the Buck Rogers pilot, The Awakening, part one and two exciting stuff. Ooh, yeah. Debbie, 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 Debbie. <laughs> hey, Jen. I'm sorry. I can't get as low as Mel Blanc could, but uh, boy, this is what a blast from the past this series is oh my gosh i remember watching it when i was just a little boy and i watched are you ready for this not on reruns i actually watched the show when it aired and taped it with my montgomery wards cassette uh, recorder mono by the way and i would tape it and i would listen to it then all week when i was going to bed and memorize the episodes wow you were a nerd way back then <laughs> yeah but you know we didn't know what a nerd was back then we i was just weird and that's you were just weird how way was. back then. I was. But you know, I also had all this cool stuff too. Like I, I liked the Eagles Hotel California on my forty five that I had of it. And and I had um did Stevie Wonder do the song Sir Duke? I think well, he I did. Don't know. Yeah. I had that single too on a forty five. And and I would play that in my room too, on a on a Montgomery Ward stereophonic turntable. I I think you've told the story about that. I have. And that, so there you go. I mean, that's what I, how I grew up. I just grew up that way. We're doing a really fun thing this weekend on our on Amy and I's podcast. Amy and I? Amy and me? Anyway, we're doing a, a really fun episode this weekend on the toys that we grew up with. So if, if anybody's interested in the crazy weird stuff I played with as a kid, then tune into our podcast, the Taken With You podcast. You guys have some really cool stuff out too, Jen. You're you're a co-host of the Anomaly podcast, and you guys have been doing some amazing stuff lately. Thanks. So, so have you. I really like your podcast too, and I I would love to send you comments on your uh, toys episode. Oh, that, that would be awesome because uh, yeah, talk about some cool. They don't have cool toys like they yeah. Well, they do now. They're called collectibles. And nobody plays with them. They leave them in the package. Duh. Yeah. No offense. I mean, I've just probably offended most of the audience, but uh, yeah. I have collectibles. I take them out of the package. Sorry. Yeah, I do too. Sorry. That's because I don't have expensive collectibles. The most expensive collectible I have is the phaser from the Star Trek first Star Trek movie. And it came out of the awesome. box and it just sits there on the shelf. And it's pretty. I have, I have a communicator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beam me up, Jen. That's awesome. 
<laughs> so tell me a little bit about your experience with Buck Rogers in the 25th century, because when I was when I was a kid, they had um, like cereals and stuff, not like food cereals, but like cereal stuff that they used to play. Now, I didn't watch any of it because we didn't have VCRs or DVDs. The only time we would ever get anything was like on one of those Saturday matinees and we would see like a, a Buck Rogers movie or something. And it was really cheesy stuff. I mean, we're talking like sparklers at the back of a of a model suspended from fishing line, you know, and it was the old Buck Rogers type of stuff. There were some comic books and there were some things said about Buck Rogers, but it never I mean, I was only interested because of the space element of it. And uh, so how did you get involved in, in seeing Buck Rogers? Honestly, I don't remember, Rick. I was five years old when it came out. Oh, my gosh. I used to watch it, though. I remember watching it. And if I remember correctly, it used to come out on Saturdays. Am I right? Am I right? I think you are. (laughs) Uh, I I remember watching it on Saturday. Yes. Like after cartoons. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. because it was more geared towards the teenage and adult audience than it was the kids audience. Yeah, but I did like it a lot because um, I also was a fan of Star Wars. Oh, yes. um, You know, I was really young when that came out, too, but it used to come on television and I was allowed to watch it. Well, it's really it's really interesting when I was doing research on on the program because, you know, it it doesn't really hold up too well as we as we watch it today. You know, people will go, oh, my goodness. Wow, that's different. It really has. It's dated itself quite a bit. But. At the time, Universal Studios was so excited about producing this because of Star Wars. And mm-hmm. science fiction just kind of went kablumo because of Star Wars. And so uh, they were actually going to do a really interesting thing. And they were going to make movies, Buck Roger movies, with the guy that uh, that had uh, been greenlighted for the, for the Battlestar Galactica series, Glenn Larson. The interesting thing about the show is that it was going to be movies for TV, but then... Um, they put out Battlestar Galactica in the theaters, the pilot episode, and it did so well that they thought, let's make more money. And so they put out the Buck Rogers thing that we're going to watch today. Well, this is the modified version of it. Uh, the one they put in the theaters was a little more adult orientated, but they put it in the theaters and made money off of it. And then it uh, was greenlighted for an actual series. And that's how we got Buck Rogers in the 25th century with Gil Gerard and, uh, uh, Erin well, Gray. Thank you. Erin Gray. I always think How of her as Wilma. How you forget her name? Because I think remember, of Wilma. You remember Gerard's name and not Erin. Yeah. Wilma Deering. Shaming. Mm. That's shameful. She's so pretty. Okay. So so I thought it would be fun because nobody else wanted to do this podcast with me, Jen. And now you know why. Because, why? Well, because, because it's really cheesy like stuff. disco? I guess not. And light ropes? I personally do. So, I mean, I would listen to Lips Incorporated Funky Town over and over <laughs> and over if you would let me. But, uh, you know, that's I guess that's the weird thing about me. It so happens I have a disco ball in my office. So, see? There you go. white suit doesn't fit anymore but uh i i would i would wear that and you know do a little saturday night fever dance have blue ruffles 
Yeah. The Bee Gees, they are the best, aren't they? love that stuff but i think it's really fun when we watch a show like this and we do see the the culture and the times that you know when it was filmed they were really confident in 1979 that disco was was going to be be around forever 500 years or no that guy from the 80s 87 (laughs) would still know how to disco dance Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. When NASA launched its deep mission probe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we do this? If you're listening to the podcast, obviously you are. You wouldn't have heard me say that. If you want to queue up Netflix, you can watch along with us. We're going to watch part one of The Awakening uh, from Buck Rogers in the 25th Century on Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, it's not going to match up with the DVD, I don't think because they released several different things, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, But we're going to play it, at least, so you can hear it in the background. We might not always talk about what we're seeing on the screen, but we're definitely going to play it, and we're going to talk about the series, and in particular, this pilot episode and what we thought about it, and so on and so forth. So, are you ready for this, Jen? Let's punch it. All right, you ready? We're going to start it now. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Ah, there we go. The year is 1987, and NASA launches the last of America's deep space probe. Interesting. This is the only intro that I really knew about, and then I went back and uh, looked at some of the other intros. They have several different intros. Interesting. Yeah, the one that they released in the theater was not an instrumental. It was it was actually sung. And it's got some really cheesy lyrics. Does that surprise you? No. No. Does not. I didn't think it would. And they had a different announcer for it as well. In fact, I'm going to play a little bit for everybody because it's quite hilarious. While this one is playing, I'm just going to dial it down a little bit. Let me see if I can. I know I have a volume knob somewhere. There it is. Okay. Now check it out. This is from... Uh, the actual theatrical release. The Massey rocket was a one-man exploration vessel, Ranger 3. Look how different it is. Or listen how different. Starship, a lone astronaut, Captain William Buck Rogers, was to experience cosmic forces beyond all comprehension. Isn't that funny? An awesome rush with death. But it actually goes on, and the, the, the actual theme song, they sing in it. And the funny part is, the way that the theatrical release opens, they have a big um, cutout of Buck Rogers in the 25th century, white letters, and he's asleep on one of the letters, and then women in scantily clad outfits are trying to kiss him and slinking around on the um, Buck Rogers logo. Aaron Gray's on there, Pamela Hensley's on there, and then some couple ladies, I don't know who they are, but they're in bikinis and they're slippering and sliding all over the over the, the logo. Is that weird or what? It is weird. You know what this song reminds me of? What? Enterprise. Oh, that's so funny. It does. It it's really does. That's funny. Well, I'm going to turn this one off now and we're okay. we're actually You'll into have the to tell show. Me how now. many how many what what the minutes are on your Netflix? So um, I'm still sure. going. I just kept it going. Uh, let me see. How do I find that? I really don't know how to tell you. Oh, there it is. 4413 is where I'm at. I've not seen a 
44. 44. Now it's 44.8, 44.7. This picture right now is Buck is frozen with a bunch of makeup on his face. And the Draconia has uh, put a tractor beam with the hatchet fighters. And they're pulling Buck's really cool space shuttle that was launched in 1987 of NASA's last deep space probe. And now they're um, they're on the ship with the like warriors and everything. Now the guy here uh, that plays Kane, which is uh, Ardala's right hand man, Princess Ardala, he mm -hmm. um, he actually was different in the series. He wasn't the same guy. They changed Kane's. I actually think the second Kane actually looks more like Adama from the reimagined. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Hmm. His face is kind of like pockmarked. No offense <laughs> to anybody that has a pockmarked face. I'm just saying. He looks like that. Rough. You know, this was created by and Glenn A. Larson, uh -huh. who also created the original Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Did you know he was in the four, uh, the four, what is it, the four preps? The what? The four preps. Unlike in the Gidget films. <laughs> really? He's a singer. That's hysterical. I yeah. did not know that about him. Yeah. Very interesting. He, he, was, he had some hand in creating The Fugitive and The Six Hundred or the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh my gosh. Well, I love him for that. I love The Six Million Dollar Man. I could do a podcast every day on that show. It's cheesy too, I know. <laughs> So they, they all have the same feeling. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, and that's probably why I like them. It's no wonder I confuse Battlestar Galactica and uh, Buck Rogers, the original. Well, they even used, uh, in this pilot episode that we're watching today and talking about, they actually have actual props and costumes and everything else from Battlestar Galactica in it. Because, yeah, the control sticks yeah? from the Terran fighters are the same as the Viper Pops. Isn't that cool? That is. I knew that right away, though, when I watched the show. Did you know that Ralph McQuarrie designed the ships, the Colonial Vipers and the Terran Fighters? Which rocks. And yes. one of the, one of the I think the Colonial Fighters were actually the first prototype for the Vipers, mm -hmm. which is really cool. I had no idea he was involved. He, if, if you're some sort of Star Trek purist and you don't venture outside of Star Trek, <laughs> Ralph McQuarrie designed... Uh, Darth Vader. He was the artist who was the concept artist for Star Wars. We owe Ralph a lot. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Ralph. <laughs> Sorry. Who are you? <laughs> I love it, though. In the what in the 25th century, they still have light ropes. What did he say? Oh, I know. And, uh, it's like some United disco States. thing. Yeah. And also space hose. Yeah, space hose. You're right. <laughs> Everywhere. That has to be the most skimpiest outfits from the 70s on television I've ever seen. Oh, and that's true. They had, I think, in, in Buck Rogers, maybe one of the reasons I liked it so much as a kid was because of all the spandex and the skimpy outfits. Because who you? I never got to see that anywhere else. So it was on Buck Rogers, and Mom let me watch that. So I was like, yes. <laughs> I know. I was young, you know, just starting into thinking, hmm. Girls look kind of nice. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was just, you know. <laughs> My wife just walked in as I'm saying that. That's funny. I'm behaving myself. I was just, you know. 
By the way, hi, Amy. Hi, dear. <laughs> we're actually doing the podcast. Maybe you can talk all you want, but we're watching uh, Buck Rogers here on the 25th century. It was good to see you for a moment. Pardon me while I say hi to my wife. I think Buck Rogers was the original Space Cowboy. That's right. Did he know um, he started out as Anthony Rogers in the um, original Buck Rogers, like at the you know the comic strip, the radio show, the movies, I guess, that they made? Really? Did they make movies? Did they make Buck Rogers movies? I think they did because I remember. I think they did. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, maybe not. I'm, I confuse him with Flash Gordon, which oh, was competing princess. with Buck Rogers. Which would make sense. I like both of them. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny. I had um, recently recorded a conversation with my Nana on Anomaly, where we talked about how entertainment and technology has changed since she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And she talked a lot about Buck, uh, Flash Gordon and uh, Dick Tracy and stuff like that. I forgot to ask her about Buck Rogers. It didn't even occur to me that... Buck Rogers is that old. It started in the twenties. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Did you ever? Did you like that the the Flash Gordon movie that they did with the Queen in the soundtrack? I saw it when I was little. I don't remember. Flash, caring for it. Savior of the universe. <laughs> I think. I must have been expecting Star Wars, and I got something less. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that talk about capital C for cheese. It's really good, though. I love it. I love the soundtrack. Oh, my gosh. Such a great soundtrack. Well, anytime you get Queen in the mix, they rocked. I mean, come on. Mix science fiction and Queen. That's cool. Bohemian Rhapsody needs space. That's right. I want to ride my Starfighter. I want to ride it well. So I guess to bring people up to speed, what's going on here is... Uh, Buck's space shuttle was somehow um, disabled and frozen in time, and it just kind of floated through the universe. And for 500 years, he's been in suspended animation with the same at chemicals. At unbelievable temperatures, Rick. At unbelievably cold temperatures, that's right. <laughs> and and the funny part was the chemicals they described that had him done there was uh, chirogenic stuff at the time use the same chemicals really yeah they actually used the real well i mean they didn't use the actual you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you know what's interesting is that maybe the 70s show was closer to what could actually happen than the original obviously the, the 20s um buck rogers where back then he was suspended in a coal mine in radioactivity oh my god yeah radioactive chemicals or whatever oh my god suspended him mm-hmm. i didn't know this either where we know now that would just kill you yeah <laughs> it wouldn't suspend it would suspend you'd be like a raisin you'd be all shriveled up and like yeah and toxic nobody could get next to you mm-hmm. in 500 years now the guy that plays buck here is gil gerard who i'm not sure i mean i saw him on little house on the prairie one time because he fell in love with ma when when pa was away and uh, was building a kitchen for her because Pa didn't have time to work on the house. And he fell in love with her and took her to church and stuff, and she started to fall for him. And then, of course, um, Pa came back and beat him up. So now you don't have to watch that episode. But she was... I hate to say this, and I don't want to offend anybody, but 
I do not understand at all why they ever picked this guy to play Buck. He's not that great of an actor. I mean, no offense. I hope he's not listening. He stinks. He's my Facebook friend, and I'm, I'm sorry, Gil. Jill, Gil, whatever your name is. Anyway. He's your Facebook friend? Yeah. He is. He's doing a lot. He had a really rough spot there. He's doing a lot better now. He's going to conventions now. And Health-wise, he's doing better. He was a little scary there for a while. Seriously. I'm not joking now. I mean, I, it's weird. I have a love-hate relationship with him. I mean, from the show. I really like him, and I really didn't like him. I just didn't. I didn't realize when I was a kid what a bad actor he was. <laughs> there are a lot of those, though, oh. in the seventies. Yeah, but why did we right? like it so much? I mean, like Dukes of Hazard. Were they good actors in that? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Huh. I think Roscoe was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I love okay so when I originally watched this this particular episode I was so excited it was it was like apocalyptic earth and he's coming back to earth and what a cool thing I mean you you radio in there's nobody left anymore they're all dead and now he's got to figure out some way to get into the earth because they have a dome or some type of protective thing around uh, the city yeah because of, I guess there was a nuclear holocaust, and uh, everything was destroyed. They rebuilt some of the cities, and now New Chicago, New Philadelphia, and New all these different news are there. But um, they have a big force field around the things, and they won't let people in. Here was the first time we got to see the starfighters, and boy, talk about cool. What do you think of the ship design of the Starfighters? Did you like that? They're really, they're really neat, and they kind of remind me of the. Uh, oh, I'm such a bad Star Wars fan. Uh, Star, the snow. Um, yeah. They're from Hoth. Yeah, the snow speeders. Thank you, snow speeders. And I had one, a toy as a kid. They do. Like they, I think they look a lot like that. I don't know yeah. who designed those, but that mm -hmm. they must have been Not thinking. Before. I'm pretty sure. You probably yeah. Did. So there you go. Now, mm -hmm. see, I thought the, these ships kind of looked like um, a little bit like the Cylon ships, but with little Viper traits in them. And so, I mean, that's immediately I saw that. But I love the way that they have the two sharp points on the front. Mm-hmm. And, and the cool, like, X-Wing wings coming off of it. And just really cool design. I remember um, saving up some money, and my friend and I, Rob Rob Slater, my buddy Rob, Robbie at the time. I was Ricky. He was Robbie. We saved up our money and ordered out of the back of a comic book, and we ordered the model kits for the Starfighters, and we got them and put them together, glued them together and painted them and everything, and we would play with them all the time. So I had actual, I wish I still had it. A Starfighter, baby. That's cool. Even, see, look at the, even the, um, um, the cockpit reminds me of the Snowspeeder. Very much so. Boy, now talk, talk about a bad first impression with Wilma. She's like capital. He's all coming on to her. I won't say, I won't say what she is, but. It rhymes with witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. No, Rick. He's being a jerk face. <laughs> okay, maybe. Maybe. 
What do you blame the guy? No. I mean, well, he's been I, gone for he, 500 I, I years. I can't actually hold it against him. He is flying high. He is. He was like way out of it. He's on, under some the influence he was on of Princess Ardala Ludes. The Russians. Well, but what's funny is the way he says seconds. it with no emoton. Must be the Russians. Just trying to be friendly. <laughs> I like the helmets that they had, though. Um, the, See, that's not uh, that's record. not my favorite part of their uniform. Really? It's kind of like geeky looking. Oh, that was cool. I think they're better than the the Battlestar Galactica helmets, though. No, I like the Battlestar Galactica helmets far mm. better. They look like Egyptian things. They're too like a headdress of a pharaoh. It's cool looking. Now, but the, uh, here's the one Buck Rogers uniforms are pretty cool. Here's the shot that we always got of the desert outside of New Chicago. And I don't know where they went to film that, but somebody took a helicopter and sped up the footage. Probably in Nevada or something. You know, I was reading about the original, or the uh, 1920s version of Buck Rogers. Uh-huh. Um, the Mongolians came back and apparently in that version buck rogers conquered the earth interesting it's interesting i think they're the ones the um the villains in the new buck rogers they have kind of an asian yeah they do they have like the 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 ninja warrior um samurai samurai it's a samurai that's what it is it's got the samurai helmets and everything and even the the looks like they have swords i'm not sure if they do well none of them are Chinese looking. <laughs> I mean, the no. obviously samurais are Japanese, but right, right. I mean, it's all Asian influence. I think it's a nod to the original. Yeah. They didn't do a lot of, um, it, it was pretty, I don't know if they were racist or what it was, but you didn't see, you saw a lot of white people. Let's just put it that way in these shows. I mean, there, there was, you know, occasional person here and there, but, uh, was the tiger guy. What's his name? Tiger man. Tiger man. Is he Asian, though? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're going to meet Dr. Hewer now for the first time. And uh, I like this guy. He was he was on the Next Generation episode with the Ferengis. They, uh, uh, do you remember that? Was it the wormhole one? I think, um, I think it was. He was negotiating, and then somebody had to take his. No, maybe that's not it. Uh, it was a different one. But anyway. Oh, that's right. He was taking care of the lady that was suspended in the cargo bay that was going as a present to somebody, and then she falls in love with Picard um, and uh, yes. imprints on her. Well, he, Dr. Hewer here, who, let me find out what his real name is. Sorry. See, this is what I get for always thinking about Star Trek while I'm watching other things. Um, I always thought about, I'm sorry, I'll just talk while you're okay. looking I found that up. Um, I want one of those Buck Rogers uh uh, uniforms. Really, that'd be cool. Yeah. I would. I would look. Re- I would look probably worse than Gil Gerard did in his. So I'm not gonna wear one. But it might be cool to have one. Tim O'Connor is the guy's name, and he's Doctor Elias <laughs> Hewer, who they don't really ever say. And and in the research that I uh, found, they don't ever say if he's the president, but he seems to be the main guy in New Chicago. And of course, now we see for the very first time Tweaky. Who is an ambioquad? I don't know what that means. But Tweaky is um, a little tiny robot with a mushroom-shaped head. 
Thank you. I, did my I think he was the, the draw for me as a five-year-old. I, I liked him, too. I didn't like him when I got older, but when I was that age, when I was watching it for the first time, I, I really liked him. And then, of course, um, Dr. Theopolis is hanging around his neck, which I always thought was cool. If they would have a computer disc that could create sunsets and stuff. To control the environment, like yeah. on... Yeah. That's cool, like or, at, on Ryza. Or I was going to say... Uh... <laughs> That's so geeky. And I liked his voice, too. Mm-hmm. That's um, the voice of Bugs Bunny. Oh, the Tweaky's voice? Mel Blanc, yeah. That's his name. Horrible voice actress. Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. He, they were, didn't they redo his voice after a while, though? Second season, he actually yeah. was on... Uh, he he didn't do it for some reason, but he came back for the last three episodes, and nobody ever said why Tweaky's voice went from low to high and then back down to low. Nobody explains things like that. No. You notice that in animated no. cartoon shows when we're little? No. You know, they it's never did. probably a budget thing. We always knew that they were different, though. By the way, Dr. Theopolis is like the best name ever. Isn't that awesome? It just rolls off the lips, doesn't it? Yeah. Theopolis. And I guess he's part, I, I remember watching this the, for the first time and thinking, how cool is it they have a council of computers that kind of call the shots because the humans blew themselves up. <laughs> and so now they've got computers. And at one point in the series, we actually, well, in fact, I think in this one, we get to see uh, the whole council of computer uh, discs. You know what that reminds me of? What? The humans are dead. <laughs> humans are dead. Yeah, I think so. Flight of the Concord. <laughs> I won't use the bad word. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was funny because it looks like a pie plate with <laughs> electronics in it. Yeah. Now that's pretty good acting there for Gil. Can I have some answers? Can I have some answers? That's why I'm here to answer your questions. And he has a pretty deep voice for coming out of a little tiny tinny thing like that. According to your ship's log, you left Earth in 1987. That much I know. Tell me what I don't know. <laughs> well, preliminary data holds up. Uh, I don't know how they could stand filming this. 504 years later. They definitely could have used better editing, better writers now in the, the script. Century. Yeah. Buck, I think that's really why it doesn't hold Buck? up, because I think you? that the, Buck? the art... Is really good. The costumes are good. Yeah, it's the it's the writing that stinks, in well, to some degree the acting. This mainly a, from the the shot the they always used was that the the like the public transportation system of the hovercraft going by the cool futuristic buildings. I guess they filmed the buildings that they used for New Chicago were actually um, from the World's Fair in. Um, I can't remember now. I should probably look and see what that is again. But they did some uh, filming at this place, and they used real buildings for it instead of matte paintings. That's great. Yeah, I thought that was cool. If I can find out where it was, I'll, I'll tell everybody. I just know it's there. I read all about it. I have no objection. belongs to me. Well, when I find it, I'll tell everybody. How's that sound? I have not seen Colonel Deering so uncharacteristically emotional. Dibby, 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 dibby. Before, 
I remember when he did that the first time and I just about peed my pants. It was so cool. <laughs> and then this ship, the Draconia ship. Oh my gosh. Was it the coolest or what? It looked like a big hawk come down. These always remind me of the Cylons, the way they, they film the Cylons and everything. And Commander Kane was always a ruthless dork face. And then, of course, there was Princess Ardala. Oh, baby. I never liked her. I Even did. when I was a little girl. I thought she was deceptively evil. And a spoiled little brat. I think that's what we were supposed to think. Mm-hmm. This is a cool picture here where they, and here's some of the buildings that they actually filmed on. Gosh, I wish I could find what, it's from a campus and it's also from a. Look, I lost everything that was important to me. I'm going to find it. Brothers, sisters, a woman I I just get into the thing and then I quit looking for it. something to convince me different. They're waiting for me right now, somewhere else in time and space. And I really feel for you, Buck, really, I do. Yeah. Oh, okay, there it is. Motion right now. It says to portray the future-looking buildings on Earth to show you stock shots of the remaining national pavilions of Expo 67, particularly the French and British pavilions, as well as shots of the Bonaventure Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. So there you go. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'd like to see my ship. Is that possible? Are they filming the interior of a building, too? I or do, is that a I, set? I don't know. It doesn't say. It just says for the, for really the exterior cool shot. <laughs> that was cool. Now, I always loved it when they were on the flight deck and we could actually see the uh, the ships and stuff. That's that's some pretty cool work where you get to see the shuttlecraft and you get to mm -hmm. see a starfighter, an actual big one. That's cool. Why didn't they strip the ship, or at least open it? You're such a great actor, to... Look at Wilma. She's trying to control herself, but she just wants to kiss him. I know. <laughs> You've been in flight a long time. Maybe she wants to kick him. I think she does. She wants yeah, to kiss we'll and fresh. kick him. <laughs> because that's what you do when you're a kick-butt pilot like Wilma Deering. <laughs> what, what do you think of the Wilma Deering character, Jen, as, as a woman? I think she's pretty cool, and I, it was really surprising to me that in the 20s, she existed in the 20s, too, as Colonel Deering, the, from what I've read, the Colonel Deering that's in this series. So that's pretty forward. Well, it's a, it's, a, yeah, it's a different approach for Glenn Larson, because most of his female characters in the original Battlestar Galactica are not... Well, there's some strong women, but they're definitely... I don't portrayed as subservient. I think I may be wrong, but they're you know more objects and stuff like that. In this particular series, though, uh, yes, women are objectified quite a bit in the like because every week he has in the series he has a different girlfriend and all this stuff. But Wilma herself was actually a very strong character and very um, I don't know instrumental in the in the show. He she was great. I don't remember ever seeing her in a. Brass bra, either. No, I don't think she. No. No, she was always covered up. And she still well, looks. Except for the intro to the actual theatrical release where she's in a skimpy mm. outfit and you can, like. See, I don't remember seeing. I don't think I saw that. This was a kind of a cool thing. We got to see Buck's apartment. Now, in the actual theatrical release, you don't see his apartment. 
um, very much. But in the in this episode that we're watching that was made for TV, or where they adapted it for TV, they were going to have the series where he lived in this apartment, so they showed it more often. And they actually added scenes into it where he's in the apartment. Because he's got like this little booth that he goes into that answers questions for him and everything. He's got a food synthesizer and, and futuristic furniture and stuff that you can get at Walmart now. But I understand what he must be feeling, Tweaky. Oh, do you? Oh, do you? you think you could possibly feel what it's like to be totally alone? I'm not a visitor from another place. I'm out of another time. It was interesting with him, him uh, and his emotional portrayal of things. He was either all the way over the top or he was completely deadpan. He was never in between. I suspect you're resourceful enough to find a way to do it. But he was a good dancer, right? <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting, too. He had the Riker syndrome. Because when you first see him in the pilot, he's pretty thin and fit. But as the series went on, he became a little larger. And then I, and I don't have any room to talk because I'm larger, too. But uh, later on in his life, he had a rough time. Did he grow a beard? Um, I don't know if he grew a beard or not. I don't think so. Like Riker. If he would have grown his hair, though, he would have been tougher like Worf. The more hair, the tougher. The, yeah, exactly. Right, it's the Samson thing. Yeah. I want to go to bed. Oh my gosh, look at this bedroom. Okay, it's got like large pieces of bubble wrap in a silver container. The The lights are all the way on. And there's a, like a hair dryer above his head. Why? We don't know. No pillows. No, Apparently no blankets. And you sleep in your clothes. And you go to sleep in two seconds. Well, what did we learn from Battlestar Galactica? What? Hair is very important. That's a tanning booth. <laughs> That's got to be. He's got a nice tan. He's got to keep it up. <laughs> and now Tweaky's sitting in some kind of beanbag chair or like a large Pac-Man chair that's engulfing him. Since we know robots need to go to sleep. Now, here was the part that freaked me out. What's he saying now? You don't want to know. I love Planet of the Apes because when they go in the old cities that have been destroyed by nuclear stuff, it always was cool to me. Here's a great matte painting of New Chicago, or Old Chicago, I'm sorry. And for some reason, he goes out during the day, but now it's nighttime. Because everybody goes out into zombie land at night, right? Now we get to see some sand people banging on metal things. And they do look a lot like the sand people. But they made a bunch of, they made a bunch of zombie-like people in this. It's like a robot. Yeah. Funny how those bricks sound a lot like metal. <laughs> I love the fog and the mist coming across the. So apparently now, what we can gather is that in New Chicago, the people are all okay, but outside of New Chicago are a bunch of. Zombie-like creatures that are mutant humans. And Buck decides to go out in the middle of the night and check them all out. And this is it. I think he's looking for his home. I don't mean to so what we're seeing now is a bunch of zombies slapping uh, bricks, metal things, pipes. Are they zombies, or are they just people with... They're mutants. Yeah, because if you look at them, their faces are all grodied out. And... Man, he has bad hair. 
<laughs> and they walk kind of like the Planet of the Apes monkeys. See that? Mm -hmm. So now somehow he got away from the city and he's in a graveyard. That was fast. He's fast. And Tweaky's right behind him. But he's got a mission. He's looking for something, man. So he's... Tweaky's not as helpful as R2. No, 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 not at all. I don't know what he's doing. Just follow him, Tweaky. This is interesting. Sounds like there's a rave going on in the background. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be a heartbeat. But man, when I, I was a little like kid, scared. Michael Jackson's thriller is going to start anyway. Yeah, I thought for sure he was going to get killed. And that would be the end of the movie. Isn't that creepy? All those gravestones and everything. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What has he found? This is what he was looking for, everybody. Shine your light on the gravestone. What is it? This is where my parents are buried. Well, at least I know part of it. We can't stay long. That's amazing. Five hundred years, and the gravestone is still there. There's only one stone. They have cemeteries in England that only old, with five hundred years old. It happened so fast. Sure they do. Families wow. were buried together. Dates became unimportant as all systems broke down. This creeped me out. I just grossed out on They make it sound so dark and awful, which was really interesting because in the series, they downplayed all that. The movie, I thought, was more dark. But in the series, they lightened it up a little bit. But that was one of the reasons that at the end of the first season of the show, Gil Gerard wasn't going to come back because he felt like the stories were stupid and it was too lighthearted. And he wanted more serious on. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which they, it's funny uh, that the bad actor had to have that. I know. That opinion. I'm telling you, as a kid, watching this for the first time, scary when those zombies came after Buck. I knew for sure they were going to stab him or something. Oh, man. This is kind of scary. I can't believe my parents let me watch this. Look at him, man. He's just going after the zombies. Now, don't they look like sand people to you? I'm waiting for one of them to go, <laughs> Yeah, raise his rifle above his head. Right. Yeah, it's okay. Kind of look like that. They borrowed a lot. <laughs> well, I need whatever sells. Ooh, sidekick. So he grabs the robot. Should, the robot should probably be grabbing him, but whatever. Yeah. And they He's doing some Kirk Kung Fu. There's actually um, a guy played Tweaky and played him throughout the whole run, which that's pretty crazy if you ask me. Felix Silla was actually inside Tweaky's outfit. There's just too many of them, Buck. It's hopeless. So now all the zombies have, of or mutants have got axes and stuff. And sticks and, and pointy rifle things. And they're coming after Buck. And it looks like he's going to die. They all conveniently are wearing burlap face covers. Well, that one doesn't have a burlap on it. Their face is going to fall off. That's, well, that's probably... Oh! Hey, and everybody, look at The guys from Battlestar Galactica and the Land Ram have showed up. Same sound effects. And same Somewhere. Land Ram. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's actually the same one. 
the same what? It's the same land ram, the, the oh, vehicle. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Love the sound effects. I was like, sweet, I know where those are from. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, baby. This was awesome. It is. I was so excited when they they jumped out and it was Wilma baby. She's like, see, now that's awesome that she saved him. That's right. That was different for the seventies. Very different. Well, don't expect any fanfare. I love this part. This is even better. Watch what she does. She kicks his butt. Ready? She sets her phaser to stun. And she shoots him. Look at. He gives her lip. Watch this. Captain, you got away once, but not this. There it is. She just shot him. <laughs> What's wrong? That's awesome. Don't give me any guff. And it's true, he is working for the pirates. So nice. apparently, what happened was when our Princess Ardala grabbed his ship, they put him back on the ship and sent him towards Earth to be um, to let them in the the protective dome. Unbeknownst to Buck. And so now they figured out that um, the ship is is bugged by Ardala. And so now they assume that Buck is working for the Draconians. That's where we're at. And Wilma is not very happy because I think she really had a crush on him. And she's blonde in this particular episode, even though she's a brunette. They are the deadliest of enemies. It is unlikely that any pirate could survive such a visit to tell about it. Man. Did you ever watch the guild, Rick? Yes. But she she's was on a, yeah. Gray was a guest yeah. on the guild. This was really racy for the time. There's a it's uh yeah. Princess Ardala is taking a bath and she's doing it without any clothes. And they're not being well, they're being careful, I guess. As I expected. Do the transmitter we secreted aboard his ship provide the necessary information to bring my father's forces through their defense? She was a great actress, though, I have to admit. I liked her performance. I thought she did a good job at being evil. A sad evil, you know? Because I think she really was kind of a nice... I think the character is supposed to be somebody that is kind of nice, but she just can't help being raised in the family she's in. And she's a greedy little selfish person, but that's beside the point. Still like his voice. <laughs> Tweaky's trying to comfort him now with his little... The computer council has recorded and okay, here we go. We get to see the computer council now. Love these voices. They're like from all the cartoons that we love. You think any of them are from the animated Star Trek series? I think so. That definitely sounds like it. Super friends, different things like that. Call it what you will. Somebody else pulled the strings. You'd be better advised to worry less about me and more about them. Because I can do you no more harm, no matter what the outcome today. But he or she could destroy you. Interesting that uh, they put him on trial. He gets up and says his Very nice, Buck. two cents we worth. We don't have a thing to worry about. And Theopolis is convinced that they have a, a great defense. 
Captain Rogers, the council finds you guilty. Uh-oh. Your life is to be terminated. That termination to be carried out immediately. You notice that he still has the same this clothes on they found adjourned. him in? He probably, he looks like he probably I don't believe it. He what? Did you think he washed him? Yeah. Well, he had a bathrobe on, didn't he, for a while? Now he just shot a look over at, uh, at uh, Wilma, and uh, she doesn't look so happy. Dr. Hewer. Yes? What is it? I need your help. I always wondered what Dr. Hewer did during the day. We had the perfect test of his guilt or innocence. And what kind of doctor was he? I still don't understand. Do we know? IT guy. <laughs> That's what he looks like. He's working on all these little gizmos and gadgets all the time. He does the maintenance on the council. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. If they vote goes the wrong way, he just goes and tweaks on a little bit. All right, I'll try. He's their doctor. In our best interests, and we have nothing to lose. But our society, not at all. Only if, by some horrible misjudgment, the Draconians were to come to us as enemies rather than friends. Now, Doctor Hewer goes to bat. We must seize this opportunity. I thought it was interesting too. You. I don't know if they show it on this particular episode, but the way they do warp drive and warp or, and uh, travel in this one is with these really cool things where the uh, the ships go into these like diamond things, and then they are shot through some type of a some type of a, a vortex, and that creates the speed of their ship. It's kind of like Mass Effect. Yeah, they're propelled by. A... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warp travel, or not warp travel, it's a diamond-shaped uh, thing of lights that shimmer and they make the, the least, I would think a man of vessel transit through. Lash out at kind of like a Stargate. Say something. In fact, I think they might even call them Stargates. Buck, stop it. You're being unreasonable. I'm being unreasonable. <laughs> Here we go with some awesome it's acting. As if you don't think and a great set, a large... Out white room well, a with a folding chair it's like a holodeck yeah you people won't be in charge you're still clinging to your story about the draconia bearing arms i can prove it oh what would you say if i told you i was really i was really I sad because i thought for sure they were going to kill him I, I was too young to realize that you can't kill off the main character the first hour of the show about them finding you but I thought they were going to. And uh, do a little looking around while you're there. Exactly. Oh, so now we find that Wilma no, isn't no, no, completely convinced. I don't like that plan. It worries me. You like how they all have vampire well, callers? Well, you see, I I'm like termination. They're very gothic. Yeah, wow. It's almost like Victorian. <gasps> do you see the boom mic? You see that? No, I missed it. Their boom mic was at the top of the screen. That's hysterical. I never saw that before. Are you just postponing it? That was awesome. What second is it? Oh, there it is. I see it. Isn't that is funny? Like You're a little bit behind. You're a little bit behind me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little behind you, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> there we go. Lots of starfighters with cool shimmery engines. I guess that was equivalent to seeing a beer can on the set, uh, or in the desert <laughs> filming a cowboy movie or something. Right. Tire tracks. <laughs> Is it all right if I occasionally look out the window? Hmm? This 
Captain, ships are so cool. I'm no time for levity, Captain. Now this is an interesting scene where uh, I was completely confused because I don't understand football. Now, if if you had a convict, I don't know. Would you give him a starfighter? No. And he's never flown one before, so what in the world? But he's an expert at it. You watch. I love the music there. It's awesome. Permission to come aboard. Why? Cheese Factor 10. A special envoy. That's all I know. Oh, here's Tiger Man in the background. He was evil looking, wasn't he? That's huge. I don't know. He is huge. They have given us plenty of warning. And there'll be nothing in evidence to betray us. I'd be curious to know what they have in mind. Let's prepare a very special welcome for them. Uh oh, I don't Send like her welcoming stuff. For them. She sure has some pretty cool stuff, though, doesn't she? I think the ship reminded me of a large falcon with scorpion welcome traits for some reason. Okay, so all of a sudden Draco, she changed clothes, I guess, and took most of them off. <laughs> and there's Tiger Man with his big swords. You know, I remember this, this costume. We're hardly prepared <laughs> for some reason. I was surprised because it's really I'm skimpy. Deering, mm -hmm. for, especially for that time on TV, they didn't. I, believe you already know Captain I was really surprised. But no, if I'd met so dashing young Captain, I'm sure. You I'd like her? Remember. You like her, Tierra? I don't believe we've had the pleasure. It's very modest. <laughs> I think it was taken for this. I never forget a knuckle. And the collar's holding her hair up. Yeah. <laughs> Would you That's like really me to describe some costume. of your inner chambers? <laughs> what inner chambers does he... Hear? Can you imagine? Well, the princess may not find me when, the, when Glenn says to the makeup lady, now make her look like the old evil queens from the... Serials back in here? the day. The pirate forces are this is exactly what they We brought our ships to assure your safe arrival. They had cool blasters too. Wow. The Earth Directorate, or whatever they were called. Oh, now we get to see our first hatchet fighters. Well, no, we saw them originally when they were escorting Buck's ship in. The blasters, though, they, I think they were on too high. I don't like that they're right there. They're giant, and she, like, Wilma wears it right at her waist, and it's, it looks weird. It is big. It's too big to be wearing like that. It needs to be low on her hip, like, Hansel Like she could use it, yeah. Maybe they probably, they probably wanted to show off her hips, though. And there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we've, we are now gonna push pause here and we're gonna get, go into the second part in just a moment but um, we did ask some folks on on Facebook what they thought of this particular uh, pilot episode let's go to Facebook real quick and let's read some of the comments that we have and we'll attempt to uh, comment on on the, on the comments and then we'll get back into the second part and we'll be done hope everybody's enjoying this episode of treks and sci-fi by the way i'm rick moyer and with me is, is that's right this is the first time we've ever done an actual podcast by ourselves together 
Did you know that? Yeah, because uh, the other times that we've done podcasts, Amy has been with us, and Dave has been with us, and we did that stuff. And Kenny, yeah. But we've never actually done a podcast like this uh, together, and I thought, it's kind of fun. So thanks for being on the podcast. It's a blast. It is. Thank you for for uh, suggesting this. All right, let me look and see if we can find. I put it on the Trex and Sci-Fi group on Facebook as well. By the way, if you're not on that, you should join it because it's a lot of fun to comment on all things geeky. But I wrote, going to record Trex and Sci-Fi podcast a bit with Jen Rhodes. We are covering the Buck Rogers in the 21st Century pilot episode. Leave your comments below. We'll read them on the show. We uh, then I told them when we were going to record. So our first comment comes from Scott C. Uh, and he says, I watched that show when it aired and have it on DVD. I look forward to hearing you guys talk about it. Speaking of the DVD, do you know that you can pick up the entire series for 20 bucks? I believe it. Yeah. Well, you're funny. <laughs> I think it's 19.99 or something like that. And you can get the entire thing, the, the pilot episode and all two seasons. So there you go. If you're craving it, you can get it. And I think they're at Walmart and Best Buy and probably anywhere you can find DVDs, you can buy it. I do not believe it's available on Blu-ray yet. But when it is, you'll be able to see every bit of the spandex really sharp. <laughs> uh, Chris, our, my buddy from uh, the Ragtag Fugitive podcast, is uh, he wrote his little two cents. He says, let's get ready for disco in the 21st century. <laughs> and then Julie says, loved Twiggy. Even though it's Twiggy. Okay, Julie. Twiggy. I think it that's is the place. 70s. Wasn't there a model yeah. named Twiggy? Yes. Yeah. And Jeff Roney uh, from uh, Ro- <laughs> from the... Roney's uh, own radio. Yeah. He also does the, uh, the podcast uh, Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Uh, he says, it's proof that you can use the same special effect shot over and over and over again and no one will ever know. <laughs> Okay, so that's the funny part is they used actual special effects from from Battlestar Galactica as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jeff Roney also wrote two words, Aaron Gray. <laughs> Our buddy Greg Blanchard, who is just rocking, he does the uh, the the uh, podcast. Uh, Inappropriate conversation. Thank you. I, why am I spacing tonight? Yeah, inappropriate <laughs> conversation. He wrote, bitty, 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 bitty. Wow, we, we have a few comments. Tom says, loved the first season. This would be a good series for a remake. I would watch it if uh, it to have a good show. Can't wait to listen to it. Oh, have a good show. Can't wait to listen to it. Gosh, I'm really great tonight, I tell you. And then uh, Chris, for some reason, um, put something on this one as well. And he did, bitty, 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 bitty. Our buddy Pete is on here. Are, are you seeing this or am I just the mm-hmm. only one? Oh, okay. Why don't you read Pete's comment? It's hilarious. Okay. He says, I used to watch the old Buck Roger shots on TV as a kid and wa- and was delighted when it was remade into a new series. I loved Aaron Gray as Wilma Deering and thought that Dr. Theopolis was a great idea for a character. Sweet Pete. Jill Garrard was fun as a swinging 70s Buck Rogers. <laughs> I agree. I agree. He's fun. He's really a bad actor, but he's fun. He used to watch the old Buck Rogers shorts on TV. So apparently, as a kid, they must, he must be, be really old. 
Oh my gosh, Pete's Just not kidding. that old. He's I think he's my age. <laughs> Pete, you're my age, aren't you? Now, what is he talking about? Is there a like a fifties apparently that they, version that they would show as reruns or something? Apparently, we'll have to maybe kind of elaborate on that. Quinn says, I like the first season too. Just watch the theatrical movie opening on YouTube. It's very different from the TV. Oh, yes, it is. It's slinky women sliding all over Buck Rogers uh, logo. That doesn't sound right. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that that way. But yeah, trust me, when you watch it, it's like, what? It doesn't even go with the show. But apparently theater goers everywhere were thrilled. They were trying to sell tickets. I think they were. And uh, that's all of our comments from Facebook. So why don't we get into the second part of Buck Rogers in the 21st century. This is called Awakening Part 2. Are you ready? Four, three, two, one. Okay, I think we did it. There we go. The year is 1987, and NASA launches the last of America's deep space probes. I always thought it was cool. This was really ahead of its time. They do the opener like 24. You notice that? Mm -hmm. With different images instead of the whole mm -hmm. entire thing. That was pretty That was pretty modern. Yeah, I like that. Except Buck Rogers falling through space. I didn't Yeah, I never understood understand. that. It's like he was in a ship, wasn't he? And then the mm -hmm. 45 record. Why did they do that? There's 45s. 2491. Look at the numbers counting down. Now, I'm ahead of you now. You are? 56 seconds. I don't know how to tell. No, we're right on. Okay. La, 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 la. Da, da, da. Okay, thanks. Actually, it's a really nice theme. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I like it. And here we are at Awakening Part Two. So now we're going to get a little replay of the of what we already watched for a long period of time. He was rudely awakened. That's right. Not your normal awakened, but rudely awakened. Instrumentation was stopped, frozen solid, in the year 1987. Are you telling me? Boy, this is a nice recap, actually. Years old. We, uh, it would have been a lot. It would have spared us a lot if we could just watch this. Really? You were aboard the King's flagship <laughs> Draconia, under command of the Royal Princess Ardala. Bear in mind that you are. Actually, I think the second part is actually better than the first part. The universe. You do good. We hope. Look that at reminds that. me of uh, BSG. It is. It's totally yeah. how they did it. The launch tube. The, and the funny part is, the launch tube does that, but then when you look at the actual shot of him going out, there's no launch tube. So how'd that work? I do like his reaction, though. Yeah. Whoa! That was a very Han Solo thing. Yeah. Well, they're taking a long time to recap, aren't they? Cool that he has a Madonna, a Madonna mic. We're being starved out by pirates who choke off our shipping lines. The Draconians have promised to keep our supply lines open. Yeah, In never return, trust a Draconian. That's what I say. Never trust him. 
and I never will. Oh, wait a minute, that's Klingons. And it's true, he is working for the pirates. Revealing our secret access corridors to our enemies. That's not the behavior of an innocent man. I wonder who designed Tweaky. Because he's kind of cool. Fairly common for an aircraft that had been in combat. Well, I wasn't in combat. Did your ships fire on me? Certainly not. And whose did? I'm not sure. I, I tried to look up how much the pilot cost to uh, create, but I know the uh, each episode of the series was around eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that is real. That's a lot, considering that I think Next Generation was like a million dollars an episode. He would provide us with a perfect opportunity. I mean, eight hundred thousand dollars in the seventies. Or it was the early eighties when they did it. Roger, Colonel. I have a visual on target just to port. If you have visual at this distance, must be gigantic. Let's prepare very special. Yeah, nineteen seventy-nine is when the the first episode came out. Why are you here? The pirate forces are at their worst in this sector. We brought our ships to assure your safe arrival. Alert. Raconian under attack by hostile ships. So this is how you bid us safe conduct. So there, here we go. This is still recapping the last together. episode. Wow, the laser turrets. Now we're into the second episode. Which really was the middle of the movie, so... Here's where the music really kind of picks up and the, and the action really gets going on the show. I don't know how many starfighters they built, but there was several times that we saw two or three of them in the hangar. That's a lot of money to make those, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. And there we go, Viper. Uh, There's the stick from the Viper. Yeah. I noticed that right off the bat. I was so excited because it was like, mm -hmm. yeah, cool. As I've said on our Ragtag Fugitive podcast, I, I uh, always wanted one of those joysticks. I was so excited when they came out with uh, Flight Simulator on the computers. And they had joysticks that were very similar mm -hmm. to that. It was so cool. And if you bought the expensive one, it really felt awesome. If you bought the cheap one, they broke in like a couple of days and didn't feel like that. We had one of those. It was, I agree. It was pretty cool. Actually, I had one off a ser the back of a cereal box that I cut out, um, like Lucky Charms or something. Had a Battlestar Galactica joystick that you could cut out, and I used that for. It was like a Viper cockpit that you could cut off the back of your cereal box. Mm -hmm. And uh, which cereal? I I don't like Lucky Charms or Captain Crunch or something like that. And I, all I remember was uh, Chris makes fun of me every time I talk about it because he thought that was pretty pretty cheesy that I would cut out the back of a cereal box to play the Viper Pilot. Well, it would be cheesy if you were in your 40s and you cut it out. <laughs> I do. I would do that. Okay, not in front of anyone. But I would do it. <laughs> I know you would. That's you know I would. That's not so funny. <laughs> Okay, now here we go. Here's the big red dogging thing. He does this whole entire thing about football. And of course, as we will see, he was going to win. They had some seriously cool looking pants there, didn't he? 
They're all pleated and everything. They had a better cockpit in the in the Starfighters than they did in the Vipers. A little more advanced yeah, looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Looked kind of like a video game, like an arcade game. Yeah. In the in the Vipers, it was like the vector stuff, all green, like mono, green monochrome. A little more high tech. Yeah. Yeah. And these shots are just so awesome. I was just so excited to see new special effects shots. So I guess they're relying on uh, the computer to do all the flying for them. And Buck's running around without the computer on blowing everything up. He was kind of rebellious. Thanks for saving our bacon, well, even though we don't Let's eat bacon now, because we don't have any pigs. My place yours. What? What did you say? Just <laughs> See there? See there? <laughs> He's so funny. He makes all these hilarious. He's um, all disco stew. Yeah, and she doesn't understand any of the, his uh, slang. And what's funny is he teaches it to Tweaky, and as the series goes, Tweaky starts saying all this really stupid stuff, which is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a parrot, you know. You teach your parrot slime. Tweaky want some oil? Debbie, 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 Debbie. Captain, the princess denies your story. I have no choice but to arrest you pending a new hearing. He just saved your butt. Why are you going to arrest him? Are they still showing? What's that? Are they arresting him again? Yeah. Because she just said that Princess Ardala uh, doesn't agree with the, his story, and so he's lying. He, even though he just saved their butt. Now we see the tension between them, and we see Buck's tight pants. Not that I was looking Captain at that, I just, just sand. Ooh, the light ropes. Look at they're feeding the. Have you seen Captain Rogers? They're the kind that move. I think that's pretty cool for back then. That is really cool, actually. It's probably why I like light rope so much. I wish I had some. Okay, I do. I do. I have put them up at Christmas time. They don't move like that, though. I want ones that move. Ooh, feisty she is, I tell you. Apparently, she doesn't like the princess very much. Yeah, well, you know the way she looks at Buck. Enter. <laughs> She's having a little nightcap. And everybody, it's Tiger Man and Kane. Good ravishing, my princess. Your princess. He sure hangs out with, possession. or she sure hangs out with this guy a lot. Maybe she should like him. A partnership. T Tiger Man? No, no. What do you desire? Me Kane. <laughs> He's kind of a good-looking guy. He doesn't talk very much. You will sit on your father's throne as queen of all the empire. Good man. Uh-oh. I think he's playing with her emotions. I need your help. Uh-oh. What diabolical scheme does she have up her sleeve? Which is awesome, like in Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon. If they didn't have this, it wouldn't be worth it. 
Actually, pretty good special effect shot for Earth. That was cool. There's New Chicago at night. Kind of nice. Uh, now we're coming up to one of the scenes that I will forever remember from my childhood. Shindig. I was so <laughs> scarred by this. This reminds me of Shindig from Firefly. Oh, that's funny. That's funny you say that. Is something troubling you? Why am I invited to this thing? This is some pretty fancy camera angles here. Wants to thank you personally for fighting the pirates. It's almost like they're dressed up in like um like have a word or two with like a, a masquerade ball. Oh, I'm sure But I don't think that's what it's supposed to be. I think it was just somebody's idea of what the future would be like for a party. Are they having a gala or something? They're having a big um They're having a big um ceremony for Princess Ardala. She's going to come in. Well, it's Talk about the partnership that they're going to do on this jazz. But now watch. We're going to get some 1980s charm Citizens of the inner city. from Buck. May I have your attention, please? Even though you all dressed up like knights knights and ladies of the court. These are all wearing the same uniform or costumes. Military spacecraft, ship of war. This war machine it looked like Dr. Hewer had like a... Hang loose symbol on his. Look at that, dude. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> or rock and roll, rock and roll. <laughs> Go, Doctor Hewitt. He's a great actor. I like him a lot. He's a good man. And we welcome the Draconian trade delegation under the leadership of Her Royal Highness Crown Princess of the Realm, Ardala. Ah. Now this was also pretty racy. <laughs> it was like. Okay, so he makes this comment. She obviously didn't get the dress. Code no, the dress. she didn't get the dress code, did she? Yeah. Oh, look at Wilma. If I knew she was dressing that way, I would have taken some of my clothes off. I love this. The teleprompter. Looks like a stock tape. <laughs> My father, Draco, yeah. would like to present to you his own flagship, Draconia, filled with all Lip the latest technology Wilma. as a gift to symbolize a glorious new era of commerce. <laughs> did, did I just see Ringo Starr? I did. <laughs> and we're going to be playing later. Turn all the music for you. Oh, this is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. So coordinated. Line dancing. Yeah, look at this. Futuristic line dancing. How do you like our presentation, Captain Rogers? <laughs> Most impressive. I like the music myself. Did this folk dance come all the way from her daddy's world? <laughs> Sorry, I don't seem to understand your terms. From and your daddy's world? A more respectful reference than daddy. <laughs> He's perhaps the greatest leader the world has ever known. World? Well, a word of caution, Colonel. Beware of Greeks bearing gifts. Huh? Greeks? Oh, come on. Maybe that was a little before your time, quite a while back. Um, I, I'm sorry, I get this. I like the scene a lot, so I'm not being quiet. Sorry. No. <laughs> as a musician, it was. Even as a kid, I loved music, so I was just fascinated by this one because it had a bunch of electronic stuff. Now here's uh, he went and had Tweaky pick him a rose. No one else is giving the princess flowers. You're going to make them all look ridiculous. Stay close, fellas. We're next. Oh, here he goes. Somehow he got a, a convicted traitor, got an audience with the queen. Well, 
Captain Rogers. Congratulations. <laughs> you didn't recognize you. who he was? We're very grateful to you for saving us from those horrible privateers. He has a habit of kissing her hand a lot. Around here they think I am a privateer. Thanks to you. Me? Well, I hope I haven't caused you too much embarrassment. Are you angry? On he actually the made... Uh, they took it out of the TV one, but uh, he made a comment about uh, the horns on her head. <laughs> but they were, it was a comment, very sexist comment, and they took it out of the, of the TV thing, but it was in the movie. Your Majesty. Would you care to join me in the next dance? A princess does not... Does not mind if she does. Oh, does not... Oh, now, look who's jealous. Wilma and Kane should get together. Actually, this is a cool song here. You like that? Actually, I have a song like that on one of my albums. No kidding. Because I like this one so much. Kind of sounds like my stuff. Oh, now this is interesting. Let's balance a little ball on the back of our hand. This is kind of weird. Lame. Wait, now watch this. This is great. Are you familiar with the rock, you know, <laughs> Are you familiar with it? You know. Sweat <laughs> hands over by. Just, just let yourself go. Go with the I'm sorry. This is so bad. <laughs> Look at him getting down. It's like he's a cocky rooster. Have you ever seen When Harry Met Sally? What are you doing? With Crystal talking about now. the white man's over by. before your time, if it frightens you. <laughs> Making fun of the way they do things. That's hilarious. Get down and boogie. So now she tries to. Look at his lips. <laughs> this is very funny stuff right here. And all the warriors are like going, uh, we like this. Thank you very much. And all the girls are like, oh, I can do that better than she can. Oh, Oh my gosh. It's expressive. It's disgusting. <laughs> Wilma's not very happy. We automatically become man and wife. Now Tweaky's getting into it. They put in the cartoon sound effects. I thought that was really cheesy. I have the feeling the earth people believed your incredible story about can't say it ruins anything because the disco is kind of ruined. Oh, it's bad. That doesn't sound like rock and roll to me. I don't know. I remember the disco more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> Do they pull out the light ropes in this one? No. That was in Battlestar Galactica. No, they no, did it in Buck Rogers. They did it. Yeah, they did it when that that episode where everybody the the musicians do the mind control thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, something in space, music in space, nice. album in space. Something. Some of the ministers would like a few minutes. Later, Kane. Business of the realm comes first. So he's all jealous, so now he goes and gets her off the dance floor. Of the realm. If you don't, he has 29 other daughters. 29 other daughters? Wow, what a family. That Christmas sucks. It's been a pleasure, Captain Rogers, but I'm afraid our duties are cut out for That's us. pretty awesome that she has tinsel hair. Later, perhaps. It's pretty I something, but I wouldn't call it awesome. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I don't think it's awesome now, but it did then. She was like glittery. 
Oh, look at Wilma has a headache. Captain Rogers. <laughs> I wonder if this wouldn't be a good Now here's where the tension starts. Really going. Like to say. Well, uh, I'd like to be your friend. I've behaved very badly. It's just that I'm I've been a bad star I'm pilot. So mixed up. All my life I've been trained for leadership. I've never experienced emotion like these in my entire career. Oh. Yeah. I found myself crying. And, and my and hair laughing. is feathered. What were you saying about strong women characters? And then feeling the most amazing tenderness. <laughs> I thought you were a spy, Captain Rogers. Uh oh, uh oh. She's gonna put the lip gloss to use. Here she goes. <gasps> we all wanted that to happen, didn't we? You asking me? <laughs> you wanted that to happen, didn't you? You didn't? I did. No. <laughs> I wanted them to fall in love. It's Buck and Wilma. Oh, oh, at a five-year-old. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, yeah. Yeah, first class. Yeah, see, I thought that was Thank gross. You. Yeah, really first class. Really outstanding. Would you like to go someplace? Jeez, oh. <laughs> Wilma. <laughs> Would you like to go someplace? You checked out his Casio. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say 500 years and now he's... We'll get back into this later, Colonel. With such great acting chops. We'll get back into this later, Colonel. I promise. Oh man, it's really revving up now, isn't it? She was really not that good in that scene either. No. It was all that pent-up emotion. She was having trouble with those emotions and everything. Now that's a pretty cool ship, that the shuttlecraft for for the Draconian. <gasps> there we get this hit close-up of Tiger Man. Tiger Man is definitely not Asian. No. I've asked Captain Rogers to join us. Lucky for you, she called me off. She's like, get out of here. I'm a, I'm a wrestler. Uh-oh. Oh, look at back in the background. Where are you going? Theopolis is whispering. Like, a computer is whispering in the background. What? So he pokes out, and then goes back in. I'm speaking to you. What if those are dryer like hoses on his arm? So now we know that Tweaky is on board. What do you expect from a primitive? Ooh, so now he's a primitive because she thinks he's betrayed everybody. You are a spy, And somehow her hair got curlier. And I know exactly. She must have stopped and curled it up before. You were right, it was a wrestler. H.B. Haggerty. He was for real? Yes. Out. Oh, that's hysterical. I didn't know this. He just looked like one. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not. Let's make ourselves comfortable. Pour us a drink. Duke Butler. She was always trying to get... Uh, I won't say it what I, like I thought I was going to say it there, but she was always trying to seduce Buck. She went and took her horns off her head. 
Buck's like, whoa. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> what am I Other supposed to say? Home, I didn't know what it was I'd been missing. Well, I corny lines, well. corny lines. There's somebody else back home. I didn't realize what I was missing. All of my love, all of my kisses, you're you arrogant. don't know what if you've been missing, Obuck. And you're the kind of man who could unseat my father. Your father's seat <laughs> is the furthest thing from my mind. <laughs> oh, God. I brought you here for Did you hear? <laughs> I was counting on that. <laughs> your father's seat you is the seat. furthest thing from that my mind. exactly what I had. You have no they idea probably were sitting around in the in the writer's room and somebody goes what could we what could we say that would just be outlandish that would be just horrible writing let's write that but with a man a real man like yourself I could defy my father I could live my own life what did you think about the the princess Ardala character what did you I mean are we getting a little ahead of ourselves what, she was I not mean, Lena. I mean, now as an adult, though, what do you? What's your take on her? She's a skank. Yeah, she is, and it's kind of sad. Here we go, Cylon picture again. Those are really cool costumes. They are cool costumes. Shoguns. This is no good, Tweaky. There are He's popping out everywhere. What is he? How did he even get in? <laughs> yeah, running, <laughs> running around in these little tubes inside the, the ship, that they have no idea. Oh, he drugged her. She's out like a light. Okay. Now this was awesome. Tiger Man doesn't hear the door open. What the heck is Tiger Man doing? Taking a nap. What? That was brilliant, Buck. Uh oh. Boom! Shoot! 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 Ooh, a freeze ray. That's a cool gun, by the way. Why didn't he just use that on Ardala? Yeah. Oh, look it. He picks him up. Whatever. <laughs> that guy weighs probably like 300 pounds. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is so awesome. This is one of my favorite parts here. When she wakes up with Tiger Man in the bed. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> I think She's I remember like, I have didn't she say get out of my pet or something like yeah. that? Yeah. She gets another weird I think she gets another assistant. Like was it another one in the series? Yeah, I think Tiger Man dies in this episode. Yeah, there's two. And then it's not Tiger Man, it's Panda Man or something. No, no, no. Leopard Man or something. I don't remember. What I thought was interesting is the you know, the first season they had pretty much the same characters that we see here with a bunch of really cool guest stars. But the second season, they dropped just about everybody except for Buck and Wilma and Tweaky. And then they brought in a whole new cast and they went on to uh, more of a Star Trek type of series where they were on the Earthship Searcher. Hmm. And they had a whole new cast. Uh, they brought in Hawkman on the first episode. And uh, he became like the Spock character. And uh, Wilma was more like, she was sat at the communication oh, station quite a bit. And uh, they redid the whole series for the second season and did more serious plots. And that's why he came back. That's why Gil came back. I remember Hawkman. Uh oh. 
She's not a very good screamer, is she? Yep, I remember this, and I've only seen it once. Uh-oh. And now we have tension between Kane and Ardala. You know what they say, a house divided against itself will not stand. And you know that's what's going to happen. Goodbye, Tiger Man. You roofed up now, buddy. You've got lots of explaining to do. It's not the same thing. It's like, did we just watch reruns of I Love Lucy? <laughs> Buck looks pretty good with his little helmet there, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Oh, there he finally gets out of the the corridors. I like the way they look. They look very used. Yes. Weathered. Uh-oh. Without your father's forces to support us, King, you are spineless. <laughs> we do not need We have the element of I think that. <laughs> oh, this is funny. He's putting bombs into the uh, the propulsion uh, the propulsion units of the hatchet fighters. So basically, a potato in the exhaust. Exactly, pipe. except a however many megawatt potato. They had so many bad lines. This will warm your tail. Makes it worse as he has a draw. Uh -huh. We can do one last service for our country. We can deal with Captain Rogers. So now Doctor Theopolis is going to get Buck Rogers back. Watch. Raise him high. <laughs> he pulls his gun out. Don't move, Captain Rogers. Theo Tweaky, what are you doing here? <laughs> this isn't going to be pleasant for any of us. Will you guys get out of here? I got work to do. We can see that, you traitor. <laughs> Can't you see what's happening? I'd say someone is about to bomb Earth. Do you recognize these ships? No, but I don't see how that's very They're important. Pirate ships. Why would there be pirate ships aboard a draconian flagship? I'm sorry, you'll have to do better than that. I'm sorry, come with us. Dave. Look, you half-baked load of electronic gibberish. I don't expect you to know everything. That's awesome. Half-baked load of electronic gibberish. You be quiet, Tweaky. I'm getting confused. It's fantastic lines. There are no pirate ships. There never were. Those are draconian bombers disguised as marauders. They've been harassing your shipping lanes in order to force you into a treaty with Draconia. Oh my gosh. Of course. It's ingenious and true. Three minutes to attack. <laughs> You've got about ten seconds to make up your mind who you believe in, me or Kane. Some choice. Uh-oh. What about yourself? Don't your circus tell you I'm on the level? Yes. This was actually kind of a cool scene. So many spare parts. Even though they would have heard him and caught him a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Especially since he doesn't know how to whisper. Yeah. So he just goes like this. Yeah. You're have to do that on your own. you don't make it, you make a good character Captain voice there. We found a guard unconscious in Bay Tree. <laughs> Two minutes to attack. I got one line in the whole show. found the guard. I wiped out. I get out of here. All right. All right. We'll do our part. Good luck, Buck. Sorry. Good right. luck, Buck. That'd be a good song. Good luck, Buck. Two Buck Chuck. <laughs> How much wood could... A woodchuck buck. 
If a woodchuck could buck, chew chuck. Be careful there. Be yeah, careful. I gotta be careful. Take <laughs> <laughs> me over to the console, Tweaky. <laughs> now, grab the middle panel. 19 uh -oh. seconds to attack and counter. <gasps> Drop it. Grab the circuits and pull them. This is like playing Operation. Wow, that was pretty awesome. I did that earlier to Aaron with my headphones coming too close to the microphone when he was talking to you. <laughs> That's what I look like. I was the guy on the other end going, ah! Did it hurt you? I'm sorry. No. Put it was close to the microphone. 60 seconds to attack and counting. Earth Directorate Emergency Channel. Come in, please. <laughs> I'm oh, here. Of course, she's the one that picks up. She's in the waffle yes, Doctor, room. There's like a giant detail? waffle behind her. I'm on board the flagship Draconia. I followed Captain Rogers as ordered. That's take listen. an awful big the bottle Draconia of syrup. Is not, repeat, not an unarmed vessel. She's filled with bombers preparing to launch a full Do you guys eat chicken and waffles over there? The inner city. But no. how? Where did okay. they come from? Her landing bay was empty. Scramble your fighter squad. Sounds now, Yankee. I've heard it's really good, but I've never had it. Do you guys fires. have breakfast tacos up there? Uh, yeah, kind of. I bet they're not like ours. No, I bet yours are way better. <laughs> 20 seconds to attack. We have hash browns, eggs, bacon, sausage. That sounds good. Granola. How about grits? Nope, no grits. I've heard of them, but I've never, never seen them served in a... Yeah. <laughs> All right, now here we go. Now we're gonna have some serious blowing up going on. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> that was. Oh, I love always the those shots where they propel the person over mm -hmm. the panel. He lands on that big giant mattress right there. <laughs> And he's still doing it. It's like, so dude, he's gonna launch his thing right there on you. Get out of there. At the point, he's just having fun blowing things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can't bring himself away. From like it. me on the Fourth of July. Just give me some fireworks. <laughs> this is fun. You mean dynamite yeah, and yeah. watermelon? Blasting caps and watermelon. <laughs> they really needed to employ the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> They're doing this whole thing with no music. It's weird, isn't it? I wonder whose idea that was. Oh, there we go. Uh-oh. There we go. Got him. Nice shot, Lola. Uh-oh. I've never seen that guy before. He's dying. Watch. Oh, maybe not. That was cool when the, when the starfighter would twirl. I love that. Oh, two in one shot. Boomer's back. That was Boomer. Was it Boomer? No. Are you sure? No, it wasn't. It was a Boomer lookalike. 
Okay, he's got another bomb he's going to plant in there. Like they don't know already that that's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Tiger Man sees him. Tiger Man is not happy. He's going to get vengeance on Buck. Put the bomb in and... Oh. Of course he taps him on the shoulder. He taps first. him on the shoulder first, yeah. This is You know what this reminds me of? The scene in Indiana Jones. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Where the airplane... Yeah. Not the end of the airplane. And he chops him up in the propeller. Mm -hmm. Was that? That was the uh, temple. Of, no, that wasn't temple. That was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. That hadn't come out yet. I don't think. Well, we know what he was watching. Yeah, we? even that. Yeah, maybe it was an actual reenactment of it. Mm. Headbutt, headbutt. Oh, this is wrestling moves here. Oh my gosh. I know. The this is really is really bad. It's bad. He just kicked him. Okay, they didn't show this in the TV one, but Buck just kicked him between the legs and then put a bomb in his belt and now blew him up. That's what happened to Tiger Man. Kicked in the man parts, blown up with a bomb, and Buck runs off going, Yeah! <laughs> Got to explode something real. <laughs> <sighs> well, there's a lot of explosions going on now, and believe it or not, for a for a, something that's supposed to be action oriented, this really is quite boring. This part. There's no music either. There, now it's coming back. I hear it now. She looks drunk. I think she is. Oh, so they happen to have an escape shuttle ready for her. She looks kind of like Daisy Duke. <laughs> she had shorter shorts than Daisy, though. Yeah, lots shorter. <laughs> now, Buck, if you had gotten out of there sooner. I always love it when they drop debris on people in these shows because they're all sort of, it's stuff that you you can't just throw regular debris on them because it's an alien spacecraft. So if you go back and look at that, they're hilarious looking stuff. Probably all styrofoam painted. So now they're looking for Buck to rescue him off the ship that's blowing up. And now the 70s music starts back up. Sounds like a bad episode of TJ Hooker. It's good to see you again, Buck. Or the what was the one with uh, Chuck Norris? Oh, Walker Texas. Thank Ranger? you. Yeah. Doesn't it sound like that music? Uh, funny story. <laughs> the night I was married, yeah. I um, forgot my driver's license at um, home. Yeah. And couldn't get on the airplane to go to Cancun. Oh so no. So we had to wait for my sister to drive it up to the hotel. And while we were waiting for them to arrive, David and I were sitting on the edge of the bed watching Walker, Texas Ranger, eating the mints. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And then my sister and her boyfriend got there, and then we all just sat on the edge. <laughs> watching Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger. I hated, hated, hated that show. It's had the same plot every episode. So Pretty long. much the same as... Yeah. Now, Tweaky gets in the starfighter. I didn't know you, there was... I didn't know you could get more than one person in. 
always wondered about the vipers too. Oh my gosh, and the way he sits, sitting in his <laughs> lap like a little boy. I know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, something is disturbing here. Oh, there they go. Viper, launch. Red Squadron. Just in time when the bay of the Draconian ship blows up and they watch out the window as the entire ship blows to bits. Pretty awesome special effects how the ship just dis disintegrates. Awesome explosions. And no light on the window there. That would have been a nice effect. We would be rulers of Earth now if you hadn't let Buck Rogers on board. <laughs> we wouldn't have let Buck Rogers on board. We owe you a great deal more than apology, Buck. Uh oh. Especially me. I confess I thought the princess had you beguiled. <laughs> well, I will say she had the nicest set of horns at the ball. Oh. Yes. They didn't oh, take it out. There it was. There was the line. I thought they took it out. They always ended with some stupid. Eyes forward. Target starsick. Buck, you're my kind of guy. That was. That was thrown in there for five-year-olds. Yeah, because it definitely wasn't for adults. No. Now here's the interesting. He starts painting up his apartment. Would you do that in your apartment? Oh, hi, Twiggy. Put it down right over here. Kind of looks like he just drew like. Uh, my sketch wasn't was it smiley face? Was it Doug? Was that the name of the cartoon? It kind of oh. looked like Doug. Didn't it? Like the red checkered tablecloth. Yeah. yeah. Where'd they get that? Did they replicate it? Now, this wasn't in the movie. This was uh, this was to, so that they would launch the series. One word for it. Well, hi, Dr. Hewer. Wilma. Say, I hope you don't mind my redecorating a little. I've been trying to... Now he's in his civilian clothes. Arcade game? Yeah. You like that fern you can buy over at uh, Home Depot? Or, I mean, the ficus tree? No, not exactly. We want you to help fix up ours. Sounds official. <laughs> yes. Twicky, would you excuse us for a moment? Twicky? You called him the wrong name, Hewer. His name is Twicky. It's Twicky, not Twicky. Uh, every time I eat data, a... Data, data, Twicky. Eat a, yeah, every time I eat a Twix candy bar, I think of Twicky. Just because of the name is... In all of Earth. Ooh, look at that, that awesome table he's got. <laughs> I was looking at Buck Rogers' shoes, and I was looking at the table. It's one of those. Uh, they call them something here in the Northwest. They're they're made here. I think you know the. They're the big trees, the old growth trees, cut cut sliced down the middle and made into a table. Dead tree table. Yeah, they they call it something. I can't remember what they call it. But there's nothing any of us. The dead tree table. No, it's not what they call it. What's going on with Wilma's hair? I don't know. It's very Janeway. Yeah, I was just going to say, it kind of looks like Victorian Janeway. He's really got the disco outfit now. Yeah. Don't worry, everybody. It's winding down. It's almost over. You won't have to listen to this much longer. But this does set it up for the second, or for the first season, which 
um, had quite a few cool episodes in it, uh, even though they were really stupid. And uh, the second season got more serious, but it was definitely had some cool ideas. But most and you said of, it only lasted two? Yeah, it only lasted two seasons, and then it was done. And it was really interesting, too. Um, most of the first season was uh, a girl of the week for Buck. And like the, the evil person of the week kind of show. And they uh, had a lot of skimpy outfits outfits that kept on doing their thing that way. And then the second season, though, it turned into some pretty cool science fiction with some really stupid comic relief. They had a, 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 a robot called Crichton that was just a, a complete jerk face robot that always put down humans and all this stuff and... Then they had the one guy, one of the council members from Battlestar Star Galactica was the doctor on the show. And uh, he was just odd, very odd. Look, I got attached to a lot of places, a lot of people, a lot of good times in another century. And it was all torn away from me. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. It was uh, now maybe Dr. Goodfellow. It was um, that guy, the Wilfred Hyde White. I don't remember if you know, if you remember him, but... He would always repeat himself, and he said his lines really weird. And I'm just surprised they ever had him on the show. He was just pretty bad. Sounds like we're going to have to do a series. I, well, you know, we've been thinking about it, or at least I've been thinking about it. I wonder what the listeners here at Treks and Sci-Fi would, would if would anybody be interested in having a... Uh, a show that where we pick we wouldn't probably do every single episode but we would pick a few episodes out of each oh, no, of each year uh each season and then uh, talk about them and talk about buck rogers and and the progression of the show if you'd be interested in us doing the buck rogers podcast maybe you should write to us they can write to me very easily at rick at star trek parodies.com how can they get a hold of you, Jen? Uh, anomaly? Our email address for Anomaly is girlygeeks at gmail.com. That's girlygeeks with a Z at gmail.com. Sweet. So if that's something you think that Jen and I could handle, we would probably even enjoy having some guest hosts with us. So if it's something you think would be good, we might just jump into it. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not committing it to anything. Jen, yeah, you're not, not committing really to sure. anything. I'm not sure if this is a good idea, Rick. I don't know that people are really interested in Buck Rogers. I mean, because it's really not that good. Well, it gets better. Not really. <laughs> so basically, the whole last scene, even though we just went on a rabbit trail, the whole last scene is pretty cheesy, and they try to convince Buck to be part of it of the, the Earth Directorate and help uh, on missions. And he says basically, no, I'm not interested. But as we will find, they of course did the series and, oh, there's the song. Oh, and then it stops. I <laughs> can't sing. Yeah, that was really interesting. So there you go. Hey, the next episode is called Slave Girls. Yeah, so, so Planet of the Slave Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Get it right, Jen. <laughs> I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, the series, you know, it does go on and it does its thing, and it's definitely worth a, a look. You, there's some great guest stars that show up on it. But, um, yeah, it's definitely very campy and very, uh, well, it's a, it's a vision of Gwen, Gwen A. Larson, and so that's kind of what you get. So there. So, Jen, now that you've seen the pilot episode one more time, what are your thoughts on it? Um... It doesn't hold up very well. No. 
Um, there are some aspects that I really like. Instance, what stuff did you enjoy? I like finding out more about um, Ralph McQuarrie being part of the, you know, the design of the ships, and I think the costuming was great. I think the set design was pretty awesome. Uh, I, I, I sound like I'm repeating myself as we talked about this on our the last Battlestar Galactica episode I did with you and Chris. Sure, sure. But that the script isn't good and no. some of the acting is bad. But I think that's just a product of the 70s, you know, that 70s, 80s, early time frame, you know? I, sure. I just don't know if I'm judging it by television that I watch today that's maybe a little better because they have better budgets. Maybe. But this, you said they they were pretty expensive. What, 800000 Yeah, episode? per episode, yeah. That's a lot of they money. They spent it all on special effects. <laughs> Apparently. They didn't do it on the actors, I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, maybe the guest stars cost a lot of money. I don't know. If they yeah. were to remake the series now mm -hmm. and kind of reimagine it, would you be up for something like that? Yeah, of course. I, I I like giving things shots. But one thing I don't want to see is a woman Buck Rogers. Oh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I don't want. I don't want to see that. I just. I. I don't. I think sometimes they they do that just to say, you know, just to shock us. You know? Shock value, yeah shock value and yeah. i don't think that that's the ticket yeah. mm -mm. very interesting well i certainly uh, i think i like the show more as a nostalgic thing mm -hmm. and i mean it's not some i mean i would watch it if, like, if it was like on tv i would probably watch it i have the dvds but i really haven't even cracked them open uh just just not something i would you know just kind of go seek out but if it was on i might watch it if that makes sense not like star trek you know next generation where I'm saving up my pennies and buying the Blu-rays as they come out because I love it so much. Um, I wouldn't do that with this particular series, but I, I mean, it, it holds a lot of nostalgia. And there's one episode in particular, if we go on and do uh, a podcast about this, one episode in particular that uh, just bugged the crap out of me. And, and I'll share that when it, when and if that happens, uh, I will share all about it because it was creepy. I'm telling you. Now you got to tell me when the podcast is over. Right? Okay, I promise I will. And of course, there's a musician one that's really fun. And there's just tons of different ones that I remember very fondly from my youth. And I'd probably watch them again if I so felt like it. So there. So there you go. That's our, our look at the pilot episode of Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed every little bit of it. I'm going to go back and edit out some of the things that we need to edit out and, and tighten up the show and get this over to Rico so that everybody can enjoy it. It'll be fun. Yeehaw! Jen, they can listen to you on your own podcast. What podcast is that and how do they find you? It's called Anomaly, and it's hosted by me and Angela. And then we also have Anomaly Supplemental on our feed, which talks about everything that we don't talk about, which includes Doctor Who. Very cool. Uh, we talk about Star Trek, Star Wars, Firefly... Uh, we did Futurama episodes. We've done everything. So you can find us at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. We're on BlackBerry, Zoom, any place you can think of. You're on, my, you're on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to every episode. except Well, with the... With the exception of the Doctor Who ones, because I'm not... Oh, don't throw anything at me, but I'm just not a Doctor Who fan. I'm, so, I'm not either. Yeah. That's why soon Casey do that. <laughs> there you go. It works good. You well, can... We've had... Uh, we've. I'm sorry. Don't go ahead. You're I'm fine. Sorry. We've had Rico on our show recently. We did a episode on um, The Worst of Trek. We have a series called Worst of Trek where we cover 
the not so hot episodes of Star Trek, awesome. and he helped us cover the uh, way to Eden recently because most of our episodes are based on the next generation because we're head though to Eden, yay, brother <laughs> Herbert, oh. Herbert, Herbert. Sorry, don't get me started on that. Well, if you'd like to get a hold of me, I have a couple of podcasts as well. My wife and I, Amy and I, do a podcast called the Take Him With You podcast. You can find us on Stitcher and iTunes and all that jazz or at TakeHimWithYou.com. Or you can get a hold of us. Uh, you can listen to our other podcast or my other podcast with my friend Chris all the way from Florida. We join together and do a biweekly podcast for the fans of the original Battlestar Galactica. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing that. It's very, very fun. It's, you should uh, check it out. Called the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. And you can also find us on the web at ragtagfugitivepodcast.com. There you go. That's it for me. Jen, thank you for being on the show with us today. It was fun, fun, fun. Thank you for suggesting it. No, no I problem. Fun too. So Trex and Sci-Fi listeners, we'll be back someday with another cool episode. And if you want us to do a podcast about Buck Rogers, get a hold of us. Thank you very much. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Rico, thank you for letting us be on your show. Yeah, thanks, Rico. Thank you.